Right, well, um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but I'm doing a little bit of theological study at the moment. So I'm, I'm doing a, it's quite a practical course. It's, it's all about church planting. And I was doing a bit of my, uh, one of my assignments this week. And it was talking about when you're church planting, the importance of having like a really clear vision and being able to put that into, into words so that, so that other people can actually know what you're really on about. And so I sat down to write this assignment and I saw that first question, you know, write down your vision of values. And I just went, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, oh, I, I thought, oh, actually, that, that's quite an interesting reaction for me to have to this assignment. Maybe I should actually interrogate that a little bit deeper and work out why, why is that my reaction when someone asks me to write down my, my vision and my values? And so I realised that, so, so I sort of thought, okay, well, is it because I don't actually know? Is it because it's, it's not kind of clear to me what our vision is or what we're, what we're trying to do and why we're seeking to plant a church? And so I thought about that for a bit and I realised, nope, nope, that's not it. I actually know very clearly why we're doing this and what God has called us to. I may not always be able to put it into nice you know, inspirational sounding words, but at, at its core, I, I really know what we're on about and why, why God has asked us to, to plant a church. So what is it? And so I realized that there was a couple of things going on. One was um, fear, fear of not being able to do it, fear of setting, you know, embarking with sort of a grand dream and being disappointed. And the other thing that was going on was embarrassment and not knowing, like being sensitive to other people's reactions to that vision and feeling like, oh, I, I don't actually, if I really tell people how it really is, that they will react negatively to it, both non-Christians and Christians, actually. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a great wordsmith, but... At, at the core, I feel, what I feel God has asked us to do and the reason that we're doing Viva is that we want to see many, many, many people come to recognise the love that Jesus has for them and respond to that. You know, it's not because we think we can start a, a better church than other people. It's not because we can provide the, the best worship or the best service experience. It's not... It's not because we like getting together to play church. At its core, it's because I really believe that God is wanting to see hundreds, even thousands of people in this area of Sydney come into his family and recognise his love for them and, and respond in following Jesus. And so, you know, I think some of that embarrassment that I have felt at times when people have you know, like other moms at school have said, oh, why are, you, why are you planting a church? You know, so some of that sort of embarrassment that I feel is that it's a little bit non-PC in a way to, to say, well, actually, we really want to help change lots and lots of people's lives. You know, it can sound like we just want to sort of make everybody else think like we do or that we're, um, you know, trying to uh, start some sort of new club or something. 
And even among Christians, I've also felt a bit of pushback to that idea at times of, of like, well, what are you saying other churches aren't doing a good enough job? Or what, what is it about you that's so special that you think you're going to see lots of people come to faith? And then there's also that sort of fear that as we set out with this pretty ambitious goal, actually, are we going to be able to do it? Or are we going to sort of have a little flurry of new Christians at the beginning and then we'll just settle into what every other church settled into of business as usual, just being very busy maintaining ourselves. And so I wanted to share some of those because I don't know if those, if you, if you guys also experience some of that when people sort of, or you, when you've been, if you think about this church plan and what we're trying to do, or maybe when you talk to other people about it. And as I was, as I was processing these like quite raw emotions actually that I feel, you know, I realized that the, the, only thing that can actually overcome that fear and that sort of embarrassment or shame is being connected to the heart of God. And last week we were talking about, we started talking about the emotions of God. And I know that might have been a little bit of a strange topic for, um, for many of us to talk about. It's not something we often talk about. But, you know, we we need to know that what we're doing and at the focus of our lives actually comes out of the heart of God and that God is not just some big force and he's not just some, you know, automaton who just has a big, who's just pulling, pulling all the strings in the world and isn't really emotionally connected to it. But we need to be connected to the heart of God that loves each person as passionately as each one of us loves one of our children or as passionately as we are loved as children. That God doesn't just look at people as a mass, but he actually sees each one and he has a deep heart connection and reaction to each person. And all through the scriptures, you know, we see God talking about his longing for people. You know, we see Jesus talking about the the shepherd who desperately wants to find his lost sheep and the father who's heartbroken over his lost son and then also who is completely filled with joy when that when that son comes home and so part of the reason that we started talking about the emotions of God is because as we seek to set out to tell lots and lots of people about Jesus and his wonderful love to them we need to be really convinced and connected to the heart of God or we just won't have what it takes because fear and shame can be pretty strong emotions and only I think only the love of God is is bigger and uh, and more powerful than that yeah we're watching this um, Netflix documentary series Inside Bill's Brain I don't know if you've seen that it's not particularly good <coughs> in terms of how well it's produced but Bill's just Bill Gates is just fascinating as a person so that kind of keeps it interesting. Bill Gates has tracked some of the causes that he's particularly he's particularly concerned about in the world. And one of them is polio and the eradication of polio. And kind of tracks his how he got aware of it, efforts that he takes to try to eradicate it. 
he hits a bit of a wall in terms of that process like the numbers are going down but then it's like he realizes that this whole initiative is going to require a massive cash injection to actually get it done and so he realizes despite the bill and melinda gates seriously deep pockets he's actually going to have to go elsewhere he's going to have to go and chat to some of his friends and one of his good mates is warren buffett so warren buffett i don't know if you're familiar with warren buffett but warren buffett has made billions and billions of dollars for his Warren Berkshire investment, I think it is, and a lot of other people as well who followed in his coattails. So Bill hits Warren up for $33 billion. Mm-hmm. And they've got, the, they've got the camera and Warren, I think Bill's driving and Warren's um, in the car and they're just interviewing us. And, and, and I think the person interviewing is trying to get to the bottom of, <laughs> why are you... $33 billion, like how, how, why are you giving that to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? You know? And he was saying, and he said worse, and I'm going to misquote him probably, but he said, worst effect, well, if, you're, if, this, if your axiom is that each person is of equal value, then, so axiom being like a bedrock, that's your starting principle. If that's, if that's where you start, he's like, well, how could I not? Like, if I really do believe that my life is of no greater value than the life of the six-year-old kid with polio, well, how could I have any other response but to give most of my wealth away? Like, it's like, I'm sorry, like it doesn't... For him, it's like, well, it's just, it's just logical, right? <coughs> if that's what you actually believe about people, then of course you'll live that way. Um, I thought... Thank you for preaching to us, Warren. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. So, because it's so easy and you think, wow, I mean, Warren lives in obviously this billion, billion, billion dollar ivory tower in a sense. Like he could just surround himself with people who say nod, nod, nod and, and just affirm his lifestyle or whatever. But he's allowed that not to upset his founding axiom, which is that all people of equal value and the only reason that he would carry anything like that the only reason that we as a as a human race carry that it's not an evolutionary principle (laughs) that's certainly not the case it comes out of the fact that we are created by the living god each of us with infinite worth to him and uh so so if it's good enough for Warren, I think it's probably good enough for us, right? It's a, and so to come back down to Hornsby, like in terms of our <laughs> lives, like we can just get so convi- so gathered up in the entitlement that we carry, um, you know, whether that's the card-carrying Christian entitlement or just, hey, my life's more difficult than anyone else's. So, <laughs> you know, all those things that we tell ourselves to make our lives just that little bit more important than the other person's. And it might, you know, we might, oh, no, I don't think I'm that much more. I mean, I am, yeah, okay. In terms of my day, well, of course I'm going to preference me because you don't understand what my day's been like. <laughs> Whatever it is, but but this this gospel is, no, uh-uh. All loved. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That's whosoever, whosoever <coughs> believes in him have eternal life. Like, it's whosoever. It's just this open table. It's not ours. We don't, we don't own the table and we don't own the place cards or anything. Ours is just to extend the, the invitation, which is entirely God's to, to extend. So, yeah, so I was just blessed by wine. Back to you and what you were saying. Is that what you were, or did you have more things you wanted to say? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Um, you know, I think, and 
to make, I guess, to choose to be a little bit vulnerable here. I, you know, when I think about the things that God's spoken to us about, um, about Viva and about what he wants to do through this church, you know, I felt like one of the things God said to me a, a while ago was, so do you want to help shepherd this revival or not? And I've heard many, you know, different, like there's always lots of talk in Christian circles about revival. You know, it's like the, the grand dream that we're all really hoping for um, because I think sometimes we sort of think, oh, revival, that's when God just shows up and just like magically converts people and we don't actually have to do anything, you know, like <laughs> he just kind of zaps them and, wow, doesn't that sound good, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, you know, if we read how Jesus talked, that's not actually the way it works. And actually, even if you read sort of revival history, that's not the way it works mm. either. It is always this space of people partnering with the Holy Spirit. Like it doesn't happen without us, actually. People, people don't just find Jesus on their own. I mean, you occasionally hear an amazing story of someone who, you know, saw a vision of Jesus or had this incredible dream. But even in their stories, there's always God's people have been at work in their story somewhere along the line and also after that amazing experience as well. And, and so, you know, God carries this dream of his kingdom and it's the dream that he invites us to take on. And that dream is that all the nations, that all people actually would respond to Jesus and come into his family. And so that's the dream he invites us to carry. But it's not something that God's just going to do on his own and it's not something that we're just supposed to go out and do on our own either. It really happens in that very um, almost uncomfortable space of partnering with the Holy Spirit and finding our part to play in what God is wanting to do among us. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, so as you've been listening to that in terms of your own heart, what's your what are you noticing? Yes, amen. <laughs> that's good. We welcome that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a yes and amen, yeah, that's that's great, Elena. So that's what you feel in your spirit and terms of just like, wow, yes, amen. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my reaction was definitely one of challenge and conviction like what am I doing in Hornsby like, what do I do in Hornsby like, when am I ever just with non-Christians in Hornsby so it's more of a yeah what am, yeah what, what do you have to be in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a challenge as well. so what did that challenge feel like um uncomfortable okay <laughs> But exciting because it's, I mean, it's God's conviction in this safe space, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, it doesn't happen. Like, it's not going to happen without us collectively. Yeah, acting on that. Mm. 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 Thanks, Luz. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really good to be honest about what your reactions are, like not to do the passive aggressive thing of like, okay, well, that's nice that you guys want to do that crazy thing and I'm just going to... Good for you, Sarah. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll buy tickets. This should be great. But actually, you know, we we do need to um, give air to those reactions to be able to process them at all and to move through them. And so it's fine. React how you want to react, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
<clears throat> one of the things that I sort of think about is um, it's sort of like, because yeah, there is that side of where you go, oh, what's going to zap those people? Um, so, you know, I can just sit back and watch. But then, that's not the reality. The reality is, you know, several people say revivals about you, so you have to get out there. So then there's that sort of like, oh, gee, I don't know if I can do that, or that's scary. But um, the other side that I think about too is that perhaps God's saying, uh, it is about each one of us, but it's um, the exciting thing is that it's uh, something that he's doing in you personally, and then that, that will sort of, you need to be willing to let that lead out to others. Mm. So then it becomes a bit more, um, yes, there might be challenges, but then it's actually a little exciting because it is mm. involving you. And the light is being turned on in you, and that's that's kind of like what you want. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, also God's saying, yeah, and that light is going to reach out to others. So just be prepared for that. Mm. So it may yeah. not be, may not be that scary thing where you say, um, well, you might have to jump off a cliff, but but it's a little bit more because God is in you. Yeah. Rather than saying, well, I know, I know you're just sitting on your chair and you. You don't feel like jumping off that cliff, but just go do it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just, you know, I've just been thinking about it, talking a bit about that. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I think David, as your as your sharing, I was thinking of skydiving, just in terms of that jumping, and um, I don't know. Have you? I don't know who's been skydiving here. Tim Jeremy's been skydiving. Mate. <gasps> That's, no, a, that's that unbelievable. Okay. Oh, that's a good. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> we just ruined the surprise. Ruined the surprise. Excellent. <laughs> I'll go with uh, we did that on Zoom, cool. but um, but there's you know you see those guys jumping out those out of those planes that looks amazing. But then there's there's also that uh, that time when pe- when they try those like multiple aircrafts and they try those biggest joined skydivey bits. Right? Have you seen them try doing that? And they'll have like, I don't know, 212 skydivers that, and they're moving at incredible rate, like, and the earth is becoming clearer as they fall. You know? And it's like, let's all get together and get together. But the beauty of it, and it's, and it's only, it's only for a couple of moments, actually, that they hold it. And then they obviously deploy, shoot and save their lives. But, um, <laughs> but there's, there's such a beauty in the, in the coming together, the risk, the corporate risk, um, and then that 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 formation at the time, and I, and I don't know if that's your like if, how long you've been doing the Christian thing for, but <laughs> God calls us into certain communities and certain activities for a time, doesn't He? Like there's no like I, I remember one of the, one of the worst things I heard from someone as a leadership thing was they were they were t- they were trying to make us as a team feel better, and so they said we're all going to be here all the way to 2030, aren't we? And it was just like that is so deeply untrue, <laughs> and and you're trying to be inspiring, but it's a lie. So let's not speak lies, <laughs> like, but 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 for a moment, right now we are together, right? and so for this moment, we don't know how long, whatever. But for this moment, we get the opportunity to jump out of the plane, and connect together to actually make something beautiful, right? Um, in this moment, and um, and so there's this uh, there's this thing that's happening at, at the Woolies uh, place, not just the kids thing, to the, but the parenting course, right? That's happening. And, the, and, and I'm not going to do justice talking about all the things that are happening in that course, but it's awesome. And the great thing is that it's not just Marianne 
And it's not just Sarah and it's not just Claire and it's not just Alina. It's not just Roberta. It's those guys together doing different things. Um, and so our, our, so just, in, I know it's a bit of a long response, David, but our heart for what we've been called to, if you use the fishing metaphor, it's not rods. It's not fishing rods. Like it's not Roberta, get your fishing rod and go and find your thing and drop it in. And it's, it's actually nets. Like they weren't in Jesus's day, what there weren't fishing rods. Much as we as Western individualists like the fishing rods, like, go away! And they run outside the city and just have my quiet. It's like that's not the picture of kingdom. It's it's nets, right? And so I think the invitation for us as Beaver is like, okay, come and net. And we, obviously, the business language has taken the network idea and and owned it, but it's kind of network, isn't it? Like that's what God's kind of inviting us into. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, other other responses that other things that you might have felt. Yeah, I, I, I it's unformed thought. Something opened my mouth. Just like, ah, go for it. No, but um, I think coming back to what you, I think that when you first started talking series, it's kind of like we have to be convinced, not convinced. We have to experience. We have to be really, I guess, immersed in God's love to be able to give that out. Because yeah. I feel like that's that's a part of the challenge for yeah. me. Not the, and so part of me reacts and thinks, oh, no, not the job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What are they asking yes. me to sign up for? <laughs> no, 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 not you, yeah, but that. just even in my own yeah. self-discipline. Yeah, right. I, I didn't feel like you asked me to do a job, but I'm in my, my own self-discipline. Yes. Oh, another job to do. And, and actually, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not even out of overflow. It's out of, it's, it's out of immersion, I, I, I guess. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. So it's, it's an unformed thought. That's good. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I, I don't have to sort of get it all right and they're like get full and then I can have a flow. It's, it's no, that's right. I guess going with the flow. Mm. Yes. That. Yeah. Uh, that was the sort of image I had. Yeah. But the, yeah, my reaction, my, my internal reaction, not <clears throat> for myself, was no. like, oh, another job. Oh. Another responsibility. Also, <laughs> yeah. I love, I, I love that you've taken responsibility for that. In terms of this is my feeling, rather than this is Sarah asking me to do this. Actually, okay, I'm taking ownership for my response here, aware that this is actually hitting something about me, yeah. and um, and then being able to. I love that. That's well, I so good. I don't think you asked me to do. That. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. My, it's my boundaries. Boundaries are a little you know, wild. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I think, well, I don't think anyone wants another job, do they? Like, there's no one going, oh, just look, give me more to do. That'd be great. I, That's the good... <laughs> I love it. I love it, Alina. That's so good. Thank you. It's good. Yep. Can I just say, it's interesting what Alison said, because... As a Christian, we often try different things because we want to feel like we we should be doing our part. And I know years ago, I thought I should be doing scripture teaching. And it was a nightmare because it would take me three days to prepare. A terrifying day for the kids. And then three days to get over it. And that's your full week, isn't it? And scripture teaching for me wasn't one. And um, I think you've just got to realise that the main thing is to know how much God loves us. And we look at these other amazing Christians and we just think, oh, they're so amazing, but that's not me. How did they do that? They're so great. 
And another step I did for a while, it took me to teach people how to share the gospel and go into people's homes with a program. And once again, I was like hell. But what did happen? I taught all my children, so my three-year-old could bring the gospel to people. And everybody in the family got to know through my children because they all caught up very quickly. But I was still like a terror going into people's homes. It was a nightmare for me. So I was never, ever comfortable. Mm. So I think the first thing you've just got to know of who you are in the Lord. Know he loves us. And then people will bring and people do come to you because then you befriend them, you love on them, and then they become Christians. So instead of trying to program yourself to bring the, the Lord to people, <coughs> simply enjoy who they are. And sometimes God has to speak to you with an audible voice and give you for me to say, when I was having such trouble with thinking I have the worst husband on the earth, and he said, when I opened the door and he said, I love, love Stan the same as I love you. The only difference is you're forgiven. So when you realise you're meeting people that God loves, just like he loves you, mm-hmm. you're talking to them a different way. Yeah. And you're coming at them. So the main thing I encourage you is if there's people in your life and you always have them that are a thorn in your side, pray for them. <laughs> Don't hate them. Just yeah. pray for them. Mm-hmm. But God will bring you others that you'll just automatically really love. Yeah. But in yeah. the end, you end up loving them because if you start praying for people, He changes us. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. I think Shell, that last point. I might my brother who is, um, you know, a very pastor. Anyway, he was. He he had he's a mega church pastor and and he um he had this job at this at this church in Wollongong uh, for six years and he was the minister for evangelism so no pressure, um, and uh, and 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 he and he said and I hope he's okay with this but um, but but <laughs> he said you know he did his job for six years and taught people how to do the no 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 knock and run sort of thing and um but um <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> stop the brain but he did that job but we were talking about it and and he was like you know my one regret in that role is that i for i forgot that it it just it all starts in prayer and so i taught the people the tools and the, the how and everything and yet i missed the most fundamental thing that as we pray for people our hearts are changed um that, and it starts, it starts, it doesn't end in prayer. So the mistake is that it ends in prayer. It doesn't end in prayer, but it does start in prayer. And it always starts in prayer. Mm-hmm. It's what we pray for, we care for. Right? Um, yeah. So I think with that, we're going to have, we're going to have some prayer. So we're just going to pray. Um, yeah, did, or did you have several bullet points to go? You're okay. I don't have bullet yeah, points. Okay. You can't yet. Because I wanted to say something. Oh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> Speak up. Is that okay? Yeah. Jumping. Are the Davids okay with that? Or the, yeah. one, of the, one of the Davids is gone, isn't it? Because like... going on from what Charles the... said, I've been thinking for the last few months, and it might be longer, and Joanne might be able to say it's been longer, Dave. How do I take what I know up here and in here mm. and then unpack it all so that I explain it like it's to a child? Because we get hung up in our Christian language. Yeah. And when you talk to people in a Christian language, they're going, what are you on? 
Yeah. What is sin? What are you talking about? Yeah. And so trying to be able, being able to unpack that into a simple language to tell them lovingly that they loved and let God do the work with that. Mm. You know, and so that's where following on from what Charlotte said, that's where I want to be, being able to understand yeah. the words I can use that don't make it sound complicated. Yeah. And a different language and I'm talking like the you know, what planet have you been on? Yes. Just in such simple terms that people can get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Totally. Dave, I think one of the things about this metaphor of the skydivers joining hands is that we all do have different gifts. And so if you've got, you know, guys or people in your life and you're just enjoying them and they'll know without you saying a word that you've got this different centre. But when you mix up, when you hang out with other people in your group of friends, some of them will have the gift of articulating faith in a way that really cuts through. Mm. And so you don't have to do it all. You can do the bit just by connecting mm. with and other people can do that. So, mm. You know, football, they give you that gift if you ask for it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Cheers. Yeah. 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 I think the, the, the other bit to that, and it, it's one of the things I like about a lot of the way Beaver has approached things so far, it's, it's not so much about us learning that package to take mm. out to people mm. it's that whole idea of connecting in with those people finding places where we're hearing them listening to them and believing that actually god's already doing stuff in their heart so you know they might not have the language they might not have the gospel but they've got a god who's actually doing loads of stuff around them and in their life and people are aware of this people are aware of evil people are aware of desires people are aware of you know, how amazing things are around them. That's all there. Mm. Yeah. The gospel message might not be, but God's preparing it to give to them. I think by us being alongside people and actually caring about them, having that sort of, mm. that real deep care and being able to connect in with, you know, God, what are you doing in this person's life? And, you know, what are your thoughts for this person? It would, it would just come out of that you know we don't necessarily sometimes it's just one word or sometimes they just start talking it through themselves and I, I think you know that that's the key you know just connecting with those people but having our heart set on Jesus because as other people have articulated if it doesn't start with our heart with God it just becomes about methods and methodology and trying to yeah and it has to be driven out of the heart of God himself you know it's not just that we want to change people around us it's that actually God is wanting to connect with those people and he is wanting to do it I think in talking about all this and even in talking about our dream like there's a huge element of risk there right there's a huge element of well we could try this but what if it doesn't happen you know like what if it doesn't work um and I think risk and hope are a big part of faith like there is a part for us to play in terms of choosing and especially if we've been christians for a long time and maybe you've been hoping to see people get to know jesus and we haven't seen a lot of it there is this real risk to take to hope again and and it's not just hoping again based on well a couple of random prophetic words it's actually hope based on like on god's word I mean, we've been in our table groups reading Acts at the moment. And, you know, I, as every, every week when we read that, I'm like, 
this is actually what we should be expecting. Like this, this should be our normal. We're in a very different context, a very different time. But in terms of God sending his people out into among people that don't know him and those people responding as we partner together with the Holy Spirit, like that actually, that should be normal. And, you know, I think we have a bit of a choice to keep asking God, what's wrong here? You know, why isn't that what we're seeing at the moment? Why isn't that the normal until we start to see it Um, and not giving up on that? And I think there's also a real risk in terms of not giving up on a dream either just because it doesn't come easy or doesn't come quick. Mm. Yeah, good. And I do also think that for each one of us, I was reflecting during the week that I think God is, you know, we're always trying to be comfortable but actually it's when we're uncomfortable that that's when God is at work through us, <laughs> you know. So instead of having this mindset where we're always trying to seek comfort, which is actually, well, it's what I do. It's probably what you all do too, I assume. Um, actually continuing to to just expect actually the places where God wants me to be and where God is going to be at work through me is where I feel a bit uncomfortable and and that's part of that, and that that will that line will hopefully keep moving as we keep going with the Holy Spirit in what He's leading us each into. And the and the uncomfortable space will look a little bit different for each one of us, you know. For some people, it might just be, well, I don't really have any deep relationships with people who aren't Christians, so my step into uncomfortable space is actually to start connecting with people more deeply. Uh, maybe not spending so much time with Christians and getting all my needs met from my Christian friends, but actually pushing deeper into relating, having deep relationships with people who have totally different values, totally different worldview. For other people, that uncomfortable space might be pushing more into actually saying Jesus when people, or like talking more overtly about our experience of when people ask what's been happening in your week, actually talking about what's really been happening in your week. And so, yeah, anyway, for each one of us, I think that uncomfortable space will look a bit different but it's what we need to expect and embrace. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Okay. The rain has come. It's good. It's a sign. We should pray. Okay. So we're gonna what we're gonna do is this this whole thing is God's idea, it's God's mission, it's God's power, right? So uh, typically when, when someone's speaking and I love the stuff that people have shared this morning, like something as you notice, like something in your heart will kind of just be drawn to something or spark right and it's like paying attention to that and then opening yourself up to that and if you want prayer about that stuff like so for david i'm like i want to pray for david like for those words like just that that stuff would be and you and so yeah what we're going to do is we're going to invite the holy spirit to come we're going to wait um go with what the holy spirit's got so as you're praying you might actually really like elena you might actually have something for roberta it could be that like God might give you something for someone else or it might be just something that he's got some business he wants to do with you whatever let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and go with it and be bold you can only get it wrong okay should we, should we also yeah. say that yeah. um, next week we're also wanting to have a conversation where we talk a little bit more specifically about yes. how God might be sending us yeah. into Hornsby so not just keeping it at this kind of easy yeah. level abstract sort of level but also getting like dreaming together about where that yeah. might actually touch down. And, so. even, yeah, and even now, just letting God touch your heart about people that he might have, hey, have a coffee with this person this week or whatever it is. But let's just 
See what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So, so God, thank you for this beautiful family, Viva. Um, I want to thank you for each heart and uh, each life here, God. Thank you for placing it in just all different walks and talks and life packages, God. Um, thank you that you know each of us dearly and a shallow reminder us you love each of us so dearly. Um, and now, Lord, we just want to invite your spirit to come. Thank you that you are the one that awakens our hearts, that you are the one that sheds the love of God in our hearts. And so, God, we just want to invite you, Holy Spirit, to come, and we're just going to wait and um, invite you to come and move amongst us, God.